Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. I'm continuing the series on grief. And as you know, I talk about my mom, I wouldn't say frequently, but you've definitely heard about her a few times. She's the first person I ever actually watched transition from active dying to death. It was moving, life-changing, emotional, and beautiful for me. But as we talk about grief, I realize I don't know that I grieved her fully or allowed myself to explore whatever emotions I had at the time. As I do recall, in that period at the end of my mother's life, it was very stressful for me. I lived two hours away from her, had two kids. My husband was in the military and gone most of the time and really was unable to take time off in order to watch the kids. So I found myself driving back and forth to take my mom to her doctor's appointments, to talk with the insurance companies, whatever she needed. It took me two hours to drive up there and two hours to drive back. And because I'm from Southern California, I want to avoid traffic. So I'd leave my house at 3.30 to get to her house and avoid all of the morning traffic. I wouldn't leave her place until 6 o'clock in the evening in order to avoid the evening traffic. What this meant was that my husband did have to help the kids get ready for school. Nonetheless, it was very stressful trying to think about all these things and manage just that piece, not only my mother's stuff, and the fact that my dad had cancer at the same time. They actually died within five months of each other. So you can imagine what my stress level might have been. Oh yes, and on top of it, I was working more than I had in a long time. So I piled that on to the already huge pile. Did I grieve any of that? Every time I talk to you about my mom and I start to cry, it makes me wonder if I actually did grieve her properly. I feel like I moved through the grief. And when I say that, I mean, I have gone on to live a normal life without being plagued by memories of her. I dream about her from time to time. And those dreams aren't disturbing. They're kind of sweet usually kind of funny, whatever it is she's doing in the dream. It's not scary and it's not sad. So I appreciate those opportunities to remember her. As I am talking to you about grief, I can see her in my mind's eye and I'm not too sad to be able to continue talking to you. So those things in themselves make me believe that I have moved through the grieving process That doesn't mean I forgot her. It doesn't mean that I am not emotional. But I still question when I become tearful if maybe there's a certain element that I haven't grieved yet. Having said all of that, I'd like to think that you, being my audience, have given me an opportunity to talk about those moments where I do become emotional. And maybe the next time I bring them up, they won't be such. As we are talking about grief, it's not just death 
that we mourn. I mourned my kids moving away. My son hasn't lived with us since he was 18 years old. He's 30 now. My daughter lived with us, went away for a year to college, came back, and then we moved away from her. And we lived apart for about seven years. She lives with us now, thankfully, so we get this little reunion, an opportunity to see her as an adult child. Whereas, were she still in Southern California, I don't know that we would have seen her as often. So that's a little gift for me. But it doesn't change the fact I mourned them being so far away from me. And heard their dad, too, because we live a couple thousand miles away. There's other things that I mourn, too, and maybe this will resonate. I mourned not going to pharmacy school. My instructor said I had everything I needed to get in and to make it through. I didn't have the self-confidence, however, to go through with it. So I never did. I had to mourn the idea of ever being a pharmacist. I've mourned I've mourned certain changes in my marriage. We got married at 24. <laughs> We're in our 50s now. A lot of things have changed. We're not as physically active or physically active in the ways we were. My husband used to play racquetball. I used to play racquetball. We can't do that anymore. Actually, because of some foot surgeries, I've been told I can never run again. Sometimes I mourn not being able to do jumping jacks. I also mourn some lost opportunities to try a new career, pursue a different degree, buy those jeans that 20-somethings wear. (laughs) I mean, that's all for me a little bit of mourning. It's not always very sad, but it is a moment of loss. Lost time with friends who have died. Maybe lost moments that I could have shared or been more helpful with a sad friend. Those are little losses that I experienced and I do mourn them and there's a little grief around them. But those griefs, I have been able to kind of work through to the point that were my friend, say, come to me and express her disappointment that I wasn't there for her in an emotional time because of whatever I had going on in my life, I can say, I gave you what I had. I'm sorry, I couldn't give you more. I hope you can forgive me. And then the friendship will continue. But because I'm not overly emotional about that second, I'd like to think that I've moved through the grief. I don't know if that makes sense, really. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm not anyone really trained in talking about grief. It's it's something I guess I talk about a lot. I have friends who've lost their parents. So I know that I've had these discussions. That doesn't make me an expert. Reading a website here or there to learn to present to you any sort of statistics doesn't make me an expert. Losing my mom, losing my dad five months later, and several relatives in the following months after that does not make me an expert in grief. It does make me a griever, but I have moved through those losses as well. I lost a very dear friend in 2018, tragically. 
I cried and cried and cried and prayed and prayed and prayed for God to save her, but she died anyway. Her heart was in such bad shape, and it took many, many surgeries, and they just couldn't save her. I still mourn her from time to time today. Once again, as I reflect, I don't tear up. I don't cry when I talk about her. But there's a sadness there. When I see a beautiful craft or a quilt that I know she would have nailed. (laughs) She's very, very creative and talented in that way. The way that she stood by my side with every crazy thing I did. Death Cafe, she was right there. Start a Bunko group, she was there every month. Come to church with me? You bet. Go to another town to visit some friends? Yeah, she did that. I went to her house. I got to play with her animals, see the latest things that she was doing in her home. I got to warm her new home when she bought it. We had plenty of joy together, and I think that carries me through when I'm missing her. I have looked up the definition of grief, and it is a deep sorrow after a loss. And as I said before, death isn't the only loss that we grieve. We can grieve our childhood. We can grieve our teenage years. We can grieve our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever it is. We can mourn the loss of that really great car that we crashed and uh, couldn't recover. I have a friend who had a classic Mustang. It was restored beautifully with so much care, and it got stolen. It was a wreck when my friend got it back. You can bet he mourned that car. So you see... Grief doesn't have to just be about death. And the emotions around the losses that we experience can be shared with others. It's good to have people around us who can listen. We've talked about how to be a good listener on this show. So if you have people around you who are grieving, you can do the same thing. Listen when someone is in deep sorrow over some loss they are mourning. Some parents mourned the first day their child went to school, and they sat there blubbering at the bus stop. By high school, a lot of times we're ready for our kids to get to college. Let's just not forget that. But there's losses there, too. I think the way to put it is that it's any loss or change or transition we experience in our life. Moving to a new home changing jobs, seeing friends move away. Even the era that we lived in when we were children is not the era we live in today. That could be considered a loss. These don't have to be devastating losses to be sad. They don't have to be devastating losses to mourn. In the coming weeks, I'm going to talk a little bit more about grief that doesn't go away and some solutions to help move through grief. I've mentioned before how you can let it wash over you, feel all the emotion of grief as it passes over. But then it actually passes over. It does never mean that we forget those things that we miss or that we consider loss. It simply means that We're feeling the feels and remembering the loss 
and then letting it wash over us. Another one that just popped up in my head is divorce. That's a tremendous loss. No matter how contentious a marriage is, there were still good times, good enough to make you want to get married. So the end of a marriage can be a loss as well. Loss of a pet is another loss. We don't often think of those as legitimate losses or legitimate enough to be mourning, but they really are. If we can mourn the loss of being able to wear those white jeans that we wanted in high school that are so out of fashion now, why can't we mourn the loss of a spouse or a loved pet? And actually, most of us experience the loss of the pet as the first loss in our lives. I know we had goldfish, lost a cat, lost a dog, all before I finished college. With my husband in the service, Every time we moved was another loss, and we moved every couple of years. So we had to say goodbye to the house, the neighborhood. My husband had to say goodbye to the job and try to adjust to the new town, the new home, the new job every couple of years. Maybe that's how I thought I was a great griever. It was because I had learned to do it, or this thought I don't like so much, but maybe I didn't feel deeply enough so that I wouldn't get hurt. I don't know if I've mentioned to you that I stuff my feelings. A lot of that had to do with the way I was brought up. We weren't allowed to express our displeasure, disappointments, no whining aloud, no backtalk, certainly no arguing. Basically, we took what we got and we liked it. That's how we were told to live. So I stuffed things and I continued to do that because as a military wife with a husband gone most of the time, who's going to hear my stresses, my disappointments, my sadness. Maybe some of the other wives, but they were walking through it too. We all had our own burdens to carry. And to be honest, I wasn't one who wanted to sit around and just complain or or be sad. I had two kids to raise and and a business to run. And I think that's how I went on to live the rest of my adult life up to now. It's interesting though, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to reflect on some things that happened in the early days and see maybe like a window into emotions that I did have back then or sweetness. And then I realize that must be what grandparents experience. Some lost opportunities because they were so busy raising their children, maybe they didn't get to see all of the joys of watching their children be children. I'm thinking right now of a young boy that I watched at a store, and there was a railing. It was like a wrought iron type of railing, so it had a crossbar on the top and the bottom with the vertical um, pieces in the fencing, intended for somebody not to fall through to the floor below. A boy was looking at those rails, and he hit one with his hand, and it made a noise. And then he hit it again, and it made a noise hit it again. And then he realized, if I hit more of these, let's see what it hears, or let's see what it sounds like. So what this young child ended up doing was exploring this railing. He was safe, his parents were nearby, but that boy was completely mesmerized by running his hand along the rail and hear the thunk, 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 thunk of each one. And then he 
tapped the top of the railing. He tapped the bottom of the railing. He then tried his foot. What would it sound like if I kicked it? What would it sound like if I tapped it this way or that way? He was so taken by that experience, and I was as mesmerized with him as he was with the noises he was creating. And it made me see, once again, that little window of the curiosity of a child. And then, as I sit here, I can tell you that I mourn a little bit some of the times that I rushed my kids because I was too hurried or too busy to stop and watch them wonder and explore. Watching that child made me think back to my kids and maybe got a little melancholy and a momentary wonder if I was a good mom. And I think it was just a little check-in that I did. My kids would tell you today that I may have been strict, but I was a good mom to them. But they may have things that they're grieving, maybe not getting to know their dad that well because of his work being gone so much. Or maybe they didn't get to know their grandparents the way they thought they could. Or why didn't my mom let me do this thing or go that place? Or boy, I miss my friends from elementary school, right? I mean, again, it's losses. And my kids have seen a lot of loss when you talk about the, you know, the number of times that we moved around. They don't seem to be bothered or harmed by it at this time. But if I asked them, they'd probably express some of the loss they experienced and maybe some sadness around it. They can still function in their lives. They still can be happy and find joy, as can I. They just have these moments where they might reflect and have a moment of sadness It washes over them, and they move on to the next thing. That is considered a natural, normal way of grieving. So before I leave you today, maybe I can share a challenge or a suggestion to think about those moments when you have freedom to stare out the window at a tree blowing in the breeze, And think of a memory and maybe a loss and consider whether you've grieved it. Does it make you cry when you think about it? Does it just make you sad for a moment? You can let that wash over you and get back to just watching the leaves, how they shimmer in the sunlight as the wind blows them. Or perhaps you'll see a child with a certain tennis shoe that looked just like the ones you used to love and had to throw away and mourn the loss. Take a look around and see any grief, any losses. And if it pings your heart, maybe stop a moment and consider if you fully grieved it. That's what I'm going to be doing this week. Thanks for being here with me today. Bye. Thanks for listening today. You can go to my website for more articles, little news pieces, or a transcript of this podcast. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can send me an email too. Thanks again. And until next time, take care.